Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. and then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, we have children's ministry available for both services and if you need to get more information on the church you can go to calvarydivine.org. Brown eyes and they always thought, thought man you're not a, my, my dad would always say you're, you, you belong to the postman or something because you don't look like any of us. But it turns out my mom that's what she grew up and her family was blonde hair blue eyes and our genetics you know you can have a short haired or a long haired dog based upon your genetics and if you think about it when we get to Adam and Eve you're talking about perfection they weren't messed up until after the fall their genetics was was perfect Miss Elba asked the question and I wonder if the kids can answer this because she probably asked you all the question already, but you know, it did did Adam and Eve or did did Eve have a a belly button? Look at that, man! See, she already got them. Miss Elva's teaching. Praise God for Miss Elva and Miss Teresa. There you go, because they were perfected and and God created them. It's amazing because you realize what you just did is is that's a that's a biblical worldview and that's what you need to keep as you grow up and because people will try to pull you away and say oh no you got to look at evolution let me show you this let me show you this graph of this amphibian that goes from a fish to a snake to a bird it doesn't work that way the microevolution again is the context of the species like a canine and just think of the breeding. So a short-haired, long-haired. And the main thing you need to remember is you can't have a dog turn into a cat or a horse turn into a tiger. Or you, you get a rhino and an elephant and you end up with a... It doesn't work that way at all. We each, each multiply according to their kinds because God made it that way. Microevolution is the thought that we were just talking about. Microevolution is actually a belief that species can evolve beyond their species, monkey to man. That's false. See, Sayla already knows. She's shaking her head already. That's good. Do you realize we grew up with that in our books? In our, in our books that we would receive, we were taught evolution, right? Were y'all taught evolution, Donna? Court, y'all had it in y'all's book? No? And ours, believe it or not, in the South, in Alabama, they had it in the books. I had the little monkey, and then each one in the face, and they would turn into a man, and I was like, and I never understood that. Even as a kid, I questioned that. Like, really, I came from a monkey? That don't make any sense. Right? 
Makes no sense. See, that's what that, that Darwinist thinking is. And so microevolution is the evidence of a macroevolution. However, the, because macroevolution requires new additional genetic information, no amount of rearrangement, corruption, or loss of existing genetics information will produce macroevolution. It can't happen. Our genetics won't allow it to. And so Darwinists believe that all, all life is genetically related and has a descended from a common ancestor. And, and, and so they believe, again, that a bird can turn from a mammal into a reptile. Or a reptile is believed to have involved, evolved from an amphibian to a fish. That's what Darwinists believe. And they use an acronym called FISH. <laughs> called farm. It's actually fish, amphibian, to rep, uh, reptile, to mammal. That don't make no sense either, does it? Fish, to amphibian, to reptile, to mammal. That's what a macroevolutionist believes. And again, these are just theories. But when you look at the fossil records, they don't support this. There's never been a fossil record, and then you understand this, through all of the digging, you know, you see Jurassic Park, that stuff can't happen only in a movie. I got a video we're going to show you all when we get to the flood. It's going to blow your mind. And it's, it, they, they only dug this far deep in the mud, and they had all these different bones from the flood pushed together. And it wasn't millions of years. It was soft soil. There was tissue still on the bones. That, that's not millions and millions of years. That's a young earth. Um, and, and so the fossil record doesn't support a species slowly turning into another species over time. So if anybody tells you that, just say, hey, does the fossil record support that? No, it doesn't. They've never found it. Again, what is it? It's a theory. It's just a theory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, it says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 40, it says, But all things should be done decently and in order. God is a God of, of, of order and a God of, of peace. And He does things specifically. To the detail. And I love that. That's, that's one of the things that I love when, when you study the Word of God. You, especially this part of the Word of God is you see that, that God has everything just in control. Including our lives. And we get to the main part here in verse 26. It says, And then God said, Let us make man in our image. And after likeness. And after our likeness. So, let us make man in our image. I got it. Who's God talking to? Who got it? Come on. Somebody's got it. Who is? So let us make man in our image after our likeness. Who is God talking to? Is he talking to the animals? The animals are made? No, no. Was he talking to angels? Thank you. Selah. Look at y'all. To the Trinity. God the Father. God the Son. God the Spirit. 
If he's talking to the angels, the angels are a separate created creature. Makes no sense. Job 38 verses 4 and 7. It talks about when creation was made that the angels were worshiping and rejoicing. It says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me. If you have an understanding who determined the measurements, surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what basis sunk or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. The angels were worshiping creation. Singing for joy. And Job, like many of us, questioned this stuff. But he's like, where were you when I laid the foundation of earth? Where were you? Can't be the animals. Verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He created them in the image of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. He made man in, in his image. And, and the attributes that we have. We possess spiritual... Our attribute is we actually possess spiritual desire to know God and communicate with God. Every culture, no matter who it is that's been on this earth, has looked for God in some form or fashion, whether it was through creation... You look at all the false gods in Egypt. Matt was telling me he's teaching tonight. He was talking to me about that. How they had all the false gods. And the remnants of a fallen nation as the pyramids are crumbling. And, and it's, but we have a desire. We're always seeking to communicate with God. Now for some it's been a false god unfortunately. But only man speaks. The animals don't, even though you think your dog may say something every now and then. Right? Man possesses morality. And God gave dominion to man to subdue it and rule over it. But we blew it. When Adam and Eve sinned. Then that dominion was given over to Satan. And he's the prince of this world now. But he has limited dominion. God's still in control. So God made his crowning achievement. He made us, let us make man in our image. Spiritual nature according to his likeness. The visible mirroring of uh, God's functional actions. And we see the Trinity there. But we also see that he made them male and female. There is nothing that says God made them binary. Okay? The other part of that is, and I won't go too much into it, but there, you cannot have a female go into a, to be a male and a male turn into a female. It doesn't matter. Your genetics, your, the, the DNA will always show that you're a male or a female. Whatever you were born as, you can change the paper and change the name all you want, but God made you, and you're either born male or female. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, it says, And put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We're told to be created after the likeness of God. True righteousness and holiness. 
We were talking about this just earlier. Half of our, I think over a quarter of our, our, our laws come from the Bible. Over 75% of the laws in America come from the Bible, from the Word of God. Did y'all know that? 75%. So when we pull away from the law, we're pulling away from God. As a nation. And we're seeing this throughout many cities, unfortunately. I know most of y'all probably saw the man with the axe in New York. That, crazy. And was in jail for four hours, I think. Maybe at that, if that, and out of jail. And he threatened them with an axe. It, when we pull away from the morality, and we pull into immorality, and if our leaders allow it, we're pulling away from the law, and the law was established by God's word in America by our, by our founding leaders. And so we need, we need to, to be thinking about that. So when you vote for somebody, you vote based on God's word. You, you know, it has nothing to do with parties. I don't get into all the other stuff. I don't care about parties. What I care about is taking the word of God, just like, you know, just like Micah gave us that biblical worldview, is I, when I vote, I'm supposed to have a biblical worldview when I vote. Do they believe in God? You know, do they, do they believe in life? You know, what is their belief? Read your word, pray about it, go vote, and then when you get done voting, continue to pray. Our nation really needs to get back to a place where we're following after God. Because if we're called to be in the likeness of God, and this is something I'm going to get into next week, because every person is made in the image of God. Every person. And when we talk about Yahweh, I'm going to talk about something in there next week when we talk about that. Every time you take a breath, you are worshiping the Lord because He gave it to you. Even the atheists, and they have no clue. They wouldn't be breathing without God. You wouldn't be born without God. That's the reality of it, and, and we, we've forgotten that. Isaiah 43, verse 7 says, Everyone who, who called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And then 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The Trinity, I be with you because you were made in the image of God. And it's, it's the beauty that God is, through humanity, gives us the capacity to have a spiritual relationship with Him. Just as God is giving you the capacity to, and humanity to be created male and female, it's to reflect the image of God. And I love that because at the end of the day, we, we forget that how quickly we get up in the morning and start our day and forget that the breath that we have that we're starting the day that God has given it to us. And then he says, And let them have dominion over the fish and over of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. And we know in Psalm 8, verse 6 and 8, it says, You have given him dominion 
over the works of your hands you have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the the field the birds of the heaven the fish of the sea and whatever passes along the paths of the sea and so God created him and man in his own image and in the image of God he created him male and female he created them and we'll talk about this because this is actually just a detailed um, view we'll actually get into the actual creation part of Adam and Eve as we get into the story in Genesis chapter 2 and so we find out that that you know Adam being the first male and he being the first female and we and it accounts for that in Genesis chapter 2 sometimes people will say well there were other people already on the earth no again these are theories that are put out there and some theologians have gone with it so we got to be careful you know commentaries are very important you have to know what, who you're getting your commentary from and God formed him from the dust and, and uh, of the earth and gave him breath. And we'll get into that next week as we get into chapter 2. And it's a, it's a beautiful piece of scripture because we'll start dealing with a lot of other questions that come out of that. And we'll talk about that as we, you know, how everybody comes from Adam and Eve. And there's a whole thing on that and we'll talk about that next week a little bit more. And it says in verse 28, And God blessed them. And God said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish and of the sea and over the, the birds of the heaven and over the living things that moves on the earth. So when somebody says as, as a believer like you, why are you against abortion? Because God tells us to be fruitful and multiply. God's word tells us that. But we are to rule over every living creature. God bless them. The first thing God did for them was to what? Bless them. Human life. God give blessing. In verse 29, And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant, yielding every seed, is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with the seed and its fruits, you shall have them for food. Uh, there was no meat. Everybody had fruit salad. Because you weren't eating meat. Nothing was dead at the time. Nothing was killed. So when we go back to <laughs> go back to the millennial kingdom, you have to ask yourself, you know, what exactly we'll be eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, that's for sure. But we see that there, and then it says, and then to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food and it was so and so there is lack of death there is no death no violence no animals killing each other the animals were eating fruits and vegetables and that's hard for people to wrap their heads around but when we get to the millennial kingdom and isaiah 11 verse 6 and 8 this is what's going to be and it's going to i i just can't for me again with my finite mind trying to wrap my head around this because you think about your kids and you're like, what? But it says the wolf shall also dwell with the lamb. In Isaiah 11, verses 6 and 8, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. 
the calf and the young lion and the, fa- uh, and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play with the cobra's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. Now everything we see there, we're like, no, that's not where a child's hand belongs, right? You never do this. But this is, again, when we think about the millennial kingdom and things get put back in place and Jesus is ruling, the animals didn't eat each other. Matter of fact, many a bear have eaten cows. Especially in Montana. They come up missing all the time. If a bear can get to it, it'll go at it. You think about a child leading a young lion. It's like, what? But that's amazing to me because that's Jesus' kingdom. That's going to be the restored creation. Because nature will actually be back in harmony again. And, and you know, we have to think about it. It's, this is what sin did. And, and, and so... To think that, man, that, that it ravaged the earth. It, it, we have people that, that have illnesses. The genetics are all jacked up. Just think about cancer and all the things that are there. And it's all because of the fallen state that the, the world is in. But God will recreate the heavens and the earth in His timing. And, and Lord, I mean, the Word of God goes on forever. So you can imagine when we see this in Isaiah 11, verses 6 and 8, we're going to be like, wow, right? Imagine Addie just kind of walking the lion. Right? It makes no sense to us in our finite mind or our or little Christian going, hey, I'm going to stick my hand in the cobra's hole. You'd be running saying, don't do that. But that's the millennial kingdom because it's going to be, it's going to be restored creation the way that, that it was supposed to be. That's what sin did. And finally, we'll end up here. And it says, and God said everything that he made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. Notice that he said very good. Very good. The wisdom and the sovereignty of the Lord. So sometimes what people will ask is like, well, did God know we were going to fall? Yes. Well, then why did he create earth? If he knew we were going to fall. These are questions that will dive into as we get into the Genesis chapter 3. He wanted to have relationship with us. He wanted to, to have fellowship with us. And, and we ruined that by, by having sin. And we need to understand that, that I, I know for myself when I ask myself that question, why did God create man upon the earth knowing that we would crash, burn, and fall. I'm, I'm grateful because I know the man that I was. 
And I'm thankful that I have Jesus. And even though I've been through some pretty crazy stuff, and I know life kicks, and it's still kicking, and it seems out of control, but I have faith in God. I'm grateful that Jesus came, and you should be as well. That your debt can be paid, that, that your sin debt that you could never pay has been paid by Jesus Christ. Because God is good and God has always had a plan. Always. It may not seem like it in the moment that you're going through the turmoil and the stress. and the Like when I look back at my life, I can, at the time when I was going through it, I couldn't see God moving. But as I've gone to, to know God's word and be in a relationship with God, I can see, man, I, at 17, he tried to get a hold of me. He tried to make me a chaplain's assistant in the army. And I was like, oh, no, I can't work on Sunday. But he was trying to draw me to church, draw me to God, draw me to a relationship with him. In the middle of a battlefield, he brought a man to try to share the gospel with us. I mean, but you look at, at, at our lives and you go, well, well, why did he create earth? I'm, man, I got some beautiful grandkids and beautiful children. I'm glad he created it. And we look at our world and I go, I don't know what kind of world my grandkids are going to receive. But I know God's in control. And I know that God's got everything where he needs to have it. He's got the sun exactly where he needs to have the sun. And he has the moon exactly where he needs to have the moon. And the craziness that we see happening in our world today, we have to trust God. And God is in the midst of it. And that's my prayer for y'all today. Is like if, if you're struggling with that or if you're, maybe life just seems out of control right now. When you read Genesis, you see that God is in absolute control. Absolute control. You know, becoming a Christian is not merely believing in some creed or, or just doing a religious activity at church. It's actually asking Christ himself to take residence in your life and heart. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. If you'd like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, simply pray this prayer after me and mean it in your heart. Just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. I turn from my sins and open the door of my life and heart to you. I confess you as my personal Lord and Savior and ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we would like to welcome you to the family of God. 
the next step, what would that be? Uh, my suggestion is always for a new believer is that they need to be in the Word of God. They need to spend time in God's Word daily. Uh, I would, if you have an iPhone or an Android phone, there are wonderful Bible apps that are free. But if you need a physical Bible, we will do everything we can to get you one mailed out. So you can go to our website and go to the contact information and we will get one to you. Uh, the other step that would need to happen is you need to get plugged into a church. Uh, one that teaches the whole counsel of God, meaning that it teaches everything from Genesis to Revelation, preferably verse by verse. Uh, the other thing is there's a lot of great pastors and, and teachers of the Word of God in our area, a lot of great churches in our area. So I would tell you, get plugged into one. We would love for you to come visit us at Calvary Chapel Divine. Uh, you can go to our website, get more information about the church, more information about us at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, if you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.